comes to light. I think of the ten virgins, you know. Some of them didn't keep their lamps full, and then when the Lord came, it was too late to go and buy some oil. We want to keep our lamps full, amen. When Jesus shows up, when he (laughs) comes for us, it's going to be too late to get to know him then, you know. Everything to do with our eternal destiny has everything to do with the choices we make regarding the Son of God in this life. Amen? Amen. I love that about fasting, Charlie, and prayer because it's just part of the, the life, the new life that we have in Christ and like you said, fasting doesn't make God love any, anyone anymore. It doesn't, doesn't make you. It doesn't make Him love you more that you're here today. Standing in a garage doesn't make you a car. <laughs> but if you're a car, you should be in a garage. If you can, it's a lot better than parking under the pine trees like my truck does. And if you're a believer, you ought to be in church, amen. amen. And you ought to fast because it brings you closer to God. It lets you realize that your dependency is not on things of this world, but on Him. And uh, some real eye-opening things come through fasting and prayer. And uh, I was just talking to another friend of mine who finished a a 40-day fast, and he does that about every couple of years, I think. But anyway, we'll talk about that some more, amen? Amen. Don't just throw away all your medicine and go on a 40-day fast without some instruction, amen? Amen. sitting with uh, my daughter and son-in-law and, and uh, Harper, the four-year-old uh, granddaughter that I talk about a lot. She's such a big presence in our life. And little Nolan, who's just six or seven months old now, was there yesterday. And he was, uh, my son-in-law was over installing a, a TV for me because I, I claim to be IT illiterate. Even though I have I have learned some things on the side But I don't want them to know it Amen (laughs) But Harper is uh, She's amazing You know she's just a little She She she, she just, she's a little bit of a take charge. She takes charge a little bit. <laughs> but but uh, we all tend to worry a little too much, you know. Worry's like a rocking chair. Give you something to do, but it don't get you anywhere. And we were just about to have pizza that we had ordered. And uh, Harper, Harper looked up at Tavana 
after we prayed. And she looked at my wife and she said, Nani. And uh, she said, you don't have to worry about things sometimes because we pray. And, and Jesus has me. <laughs> yeah, and I did too. And I had to go look out the back door for a second. And Samantha, Samantha broke the ice by telling Harper, "Look, you broke Papa." <laughs> I said last week, since this is the season, Christmas season, Christmas right around the corner. We love this time of year. Even when people sometimes by accident are praising the Lord, just to mention Christmas, you're mentioning Christ. Amen. Amen. And so, anytime the world will pause for a month or six Cyber Mondays or whatever it is, (laughs) to lift up the name of the Lord in prayer and praise and thanksgiving. And like I said, even if by accident, I'm, I'm in. I'm in for it all. Thank you all for everything that you do here and just for being here. There's there's something wonderful happening here. God has been, I've been on my knee, I've been uh, talking to some other folks and, uh, and listening to other friends and, uh, and I'm hearing God more clearly than ever and uh, boy, He is on the move, amen? Amen. You know, God's never stuck, though. He's waiting on us. You know, we don't have to get God to move. He's he's like a, he's like Charlie. He's chomping at the bit. He's like, you know, you don't have to ask me if I can minister a message. Charlie says, just ask me if I will. I'll be right there. It's like Jesus said if, that that leper said, Lord, if you if you're willing, you can make me clean. He said, I'm willing. And he touched him and healed him, didn't he? I said last week we would just start calling this the Believe Series. I don't do series, but uh, that might be perpetual series that we're working on. The Believe Series. But I've been talking to you about some keys, haven't I? A couple of weeks ago, the key to abiding in Christ... Abiding is staying close, staying in Christ. One of the keys to that was thankfulness. That was right around Thanksgiving. And I talked about how one of the keys to abiding in the Lord is thankfulness. And then I talked last week about the key to the childlike faith that Jesus requires of us. The praying and receiving um, through that childlike faith is humility. Not that a child is totally humble in all of their ways. It's just that the humility he's talking about is a total dependency upon God. Just like a child is totally dependent upon their parents. Amen? Amen. And so we need to recognize that we are totally dependent upon God and not ourselves. Just get ourselves out of the... uh, Out of the... uh, Uh, awards column (laughs) put all our crowns at his feet amen Amen. and uh 
and just watch the quarter turn of that water supply from the main come on strong again. Amen. And today, I just want to encourage you to get your hopes up, okay? Look in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. I'm going to blow through some scriptures, so if you need to, just go back and listen. And while you're looking up uh, Mark 9, uh, I want to just... I want to, I, I seldom do this and I need to do it more often, but online there are a lot of folks who um, have heard the message that God has put on my heart and I want to thank them and let them know that I pray for them. Just like I pray for all of you, I pray for everyone that ever hears any of my messages um, and uh, either now or in the future. Amen. And I have, if you were to listen to all the, the free messages that I have online under SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, uh, the, the website, uh, all the different venues, Tumblr and, and uh, Facebook and, and Twitter and all that, um, there's over, you could listen for uh, over a week straight without ever stopping and it, we would never run out, so... That's uh, 24-7. So that's, it's a blessing, but uh, just just in the last uh, uh, um, week or so, we've had uh, new listeners, uh, and I want to thank them and, and recognize them from Dallas and, uh, and Mountain View, California, which I'm not too sure that's not just the government listening in, but uh, <laughs> that's okay too. Maybe they'll get saved. Amen. Uh, because uh, they've always been one of my biggest listeners, and that, and in a place in Virginia, which uh, well, we won't have to discuss right now. But uh, <laughs> they've been so faithful that I had to start looking. <laughs> yep, uh, that's where those things are located. Okay, and uh, as well as some new ones here in Houston, and Katie, and Cypress, and Richardson, uh, and uh, also uh, Managua, uh, Nicaragua, and uh, Lubrin, Spain, and Vienna, Austria. And Russia, and Moscow, Russia, London, and the United Kingdom. And I just want to say hello and thank you, and we love you and are praying for you. Father, we just love you, and we thank you for this special day that you've given us, because every day is special. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And we are especially thankful, Lord, to live in a nation that is free to come and serve and worship you, to meet together your children, to come and worship you and to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the United States of America. We thank you for Texas especially. We thank you for the freedoms we enjoy and that we will continue to enjoy. Lord, help us to understand what it is that I am seeing and hearing and understanding that something is going to come to pass, something great regarding justice and this this nation on December the 16th. Help us all to pray about that and to believe and be w- waiting to receive the wonderful news of what's going to happen. I believe something good is coming and we love you for it, Lord. But thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your precious word. Help it to break every yoke in this house and everyone who will ever hear this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Luke 9, verse 23 says... Ah, thank you. I was in Mark. I just said Luke. Ah, that means we must gonna have to hear from the good doctor today, too. Okay. Luke, he was a physician. That's what I mean by that. 
He wasn't the great physician. That's the Lord. But uh, so we call Luke the good doctor. Amen. Um, and Jesus said to him, "If you can, all if you can." He was. Uh, that was an echo. Okay. Uh, all things are possible to one who believes. So there was someone that came to the Lord. Do you remember when he was up on the Mount of Transfiguration? So I don't have to read this because I'm afraid I'll get sidetracked and preach several other messages before I... (laughs) When they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and his disciples were at the foot of the mountain and and, uh, the other disciples who weren't with him. uh, Peter, James, and John were with him on the mountain. The rest were down there and someone, a man had brought his son to them who had epilepsy, basically. Uh, that's what we believe the problem was. And um, and he, they had tried to heal this boy. Uh, it had thrown, it, it had been on him since childhood, thrown him into the fire. It, it would cause him to, to have terrible fits and, and things. And he was really suffering and the father was there to get him some help. And the disciples were not able to do it. <clears throat> and Jesus was frustrated <coughs> with them. Um And uh, let me just pick up somewhere, give you a little bit more insight. Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. This was uh, verse 17. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I ask your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him and when the spirit saw him immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth remember sometimes when the devil knows he's fixing to have to get out of dodge he will act his worst okay and jesus asked his father how long has this been happening to him and he said from childhood and it has often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you, can, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to one who believes. Immediately the father and the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Amen. So he was healed. He was released of that demonic oppression. A lot of things just coming to mind as I'm looking at that. But just like Charlie was just talking about. He's like... When Jesus said, how long am I going to put up with you? I'll bring him to me. You know, the fact that Charlie was just saying, how, how often do we wait to go to God? Why aren't we bringing our prayer needs to God? We do everything. We exhaust all of our natural resources and, and ways of dealing with things. And then we go to God. You see, don't do that. Bring him to him now. But he was really more frustrated that they couldn't, that the, they couldn't deliver this young man on their own. Well, have you ever seen someone have um, an epileptic fit? Uh, just not. I, I know that's probably a crass way to put it, but that's what I've always been. It's not. Uh, it's not a friendly thing. It's a terrifying thing. 
And uh, how many of you think that you would just calmly walk up and, and boldly in the name of Jesus be able to, to run it off? Okay, yeah, exactly. It's just like when someone's in a wheelchair. Um, my heart and my compassion is to go over there and yank them up by the hand and say, rise, stand on your feet and walk. And I don't always do that. I, <laughs> matter of fact, my friend Andrew did that one time and the man fell right in the floor in front of him and he had to pick him up and help him. I basically just prayed for him and told him, be warm and be filled, you know, and go on your way. And it was quite embarrassing and hurtful to the person. And they, you know, Smith Wigglesworth one time, though, who was a confident man. He's the man that a minister came to all the way across England to visit him. And he knocked on the door and introduced himself and said, can I come in? He had a newspaper rolled up under his arm. And he said, you can come in, but that newspaper has to stay outside. He was filled with the Holy Ghost and he didn't let anything else in his heart or his mind and his faith was pure and it was strong. The New Living Translation of that scripture, verse 9, uh, Mark 9, 23, says this, What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Jesus isn't the problem. Jesus is the problem. And that shouldn't anger us. It shouldn't offend us. It should encourage us. If, if everything's just up to God, that's a little discouraging. Because I just have to wait and see. But if I have a part to play, then I can do something about it. That's why we learn here what God has provided through the atonement. All the promises over 8,000 or so are yes and amen in Christ. We learn about our new identity here, don't we? Because that help, that acronym that we use here at Grace and Truth Church for heal, empower, love, and prosper the body of Christ is a real thing. But we have to receive that same help in order to give the help. You can't give what you don't have. Amen. 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 These disciples had been working with Jesus for a while. They had seen Him do wonderful things. They had done amazing things. Remember, they came back and it was prior to this. They said, wow, even the demons are subject to us. And He said, so... No, he didn't say that, but that's what he basically said. He said, don't. He said, of course they are, basically. That's not a big thing. The big thing is that your names are written in the book of life. Your salvation is the greatest miracle. The rest is the icing on the cake. Let's go over to Matthew now. It's the book just before this one. And look in Matthew chapter 8. Verses 2 and 3. Jesus coming down another mountain. In verse 2 it says, And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you 
can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Acts 10.34 says that God is no respecter of persons, doesn't it? What does that mean? It means that whether you have a big title and you live the holiest life there is, or you're just an old sinner off the street that can barely sober up enough to walk into the church on Sunday... Well, he's not more impressed with one than the other based on their own works. Amen. Amen. This, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Hello. Is that, is, is that better said? So, in Matthew 8, that leper, he did a little better than the man at the foot of the Mount of Transfiguration who didn't know or believe at first, at least this leper believed that Jesus could do it. He just didn't know if he would do it. Right? So it's a step up already. Amen. In fairness, he had lived a life under the law. (coughs) There was no guarantee There was no promise of healing that they really understood because the teachers of the law were corrupt and they didn't understand it. They didn't understand what it meant when Moses threw the branch into the bitter water, did they? (laughs) Because it hadn't come to pass yet. But the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons in Acts 10.34. And in Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm trying to connect the dots here. We did a little puzzle the other day. Had to, we had to, Harper had to take Santa and get him through these lines to the chimney and then back to the sleigh. Of course, I told her he had to pray first. But then we did it, right? So we connected dots. In John 14, 9, <coughs> what did Jesus tell the disciples? When they said, if you just show us the Father, then we'll, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, there's no difference. All right. What does this mean? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He told that He told that leper, I'm willing, be cleansed. He's no respecter of persons. If he did it for one, he'll do it for you. We know the will of the Father because we know the will of Jesus. Did you ever see him put sickness or refuse anyone their healing? Matter of fact, doesn't it say in the book of Acts that Jesus of Nazareth was filled with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil? So if we've seen him, we've seen the Father, so we know the will of the Father. 
If He did it for one, He'll do it for you. And He did it for everyone. Amen. Amen. Is the big C any bigger to God than a little cold? Absolutely not. Or a little COVID? Absolutely not. That stuff is not going to touch me. I'm like John, uh, John, was it John G. West? I get the first name right. I know, huh? Hmm? John Lake. Yeah, he lived up in around Seattle, I think, Spokane, up in Washington. But they had to close most of the hospitals in town down during the plague. He was in there. And he didn't have a mask on and all that stuff. And they said, you can't be in here. (laughs) This is highly infectious. He said, it can't touch me. They said, you're crazy. (laughs) And they had a microscope. And they had a a dead body laying there, a man who died from the stuff. And he said, swab that guy's mouth right there. And they did it and they put it on the thing. He said, put it under that deal. And he looked and it was, woo. Just teeming with that disease, right? He stuck his finger on there. He said, look at it again. He looked in there and it was all dead. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still good. Amen. read a little passage of scripture from the good doctor. Luke chapter 1. Since y'all reminded me of him. (laughs) I'll go down, start at the 26th verse of Luke. The chapter, the first chapter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, last week, so this is the second visit from the archangel Gabriel. And uh, it's in two weeks with us, right? Last week, he visited um, Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth, right? And uh, now... He's going to make another visit, isn't he? These archangels are something. I, I admire them. I can't wait to meet some of them. If the Lord allows, I'm sure he will. But and the ones that watched over me, for instance, you know, how we talked about last week, how we have our angels. and It's going to be awesome, though. But they're, they're here to look after us. And they're... they're these aren't those little fat little baby uh, Valentine cherubs with bow and arrow. He put two of them over the Garden of Eden with swords uh, to keep everybody out. One of them killed 185,000 people in one night in the Assyrian army, didn't he? And that just because God stopped him. <laughs> yeah. These are, these are the people we have in the army of God. Amen. Watching over his children. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. 
And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern from what sort of greeting that might be. Remember, 1,500 years of the law. They're not, to, not used to hearing people tell them how blessed and how favored they are of God. Everything with the law was do good, get good, do bad, get beat. <laughs> he had a visitation from an angelic being. Uh, it might give you a little pause. Amen. This is a little teenage girl. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid. Praise God. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? Valid question. That's not unbelief. And she was like, Okay, how are we going to do this? <laughs> I think, matter of fact, for a young teenage girl, that's a responsible question, right? <laughs> it's not like Zachariah, who kind of... <laughs> Prayed for something for a long time, and then when he got it, he said, I don't believe it, you know. <laughs> how, how can this be? <laughs> All right. You're not going to say anything else to screw this up for a while. <laughs> and the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God and Mary said behold I am the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her in those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, this girl... This Mary, you say, well, that's awesome, you know. I would have done the same thing. Really? You realize in the culture in which she lived, had she been rejected by Joseph, she most likely would have never been married. 
And if her own father would have rejected her, she could have been reduced to begging for food or prostitution. But she said, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be as you have said. That's awesome. In this context. Amen. It seems easy to say. But when you really think about all the stories in the Bible that we read. And we go, oh man, I wish God would do that. Most of these people that did great things. They, they suffered great hardship. Great persecution. All of the original apostles were, well, they were all martyred except for John. They tried to kill him. It just wouldn't work. <laughs> from what we, from what history says, let me make that clear. That's not written in the Bible, but we believe, according to history, that they tried to boil him. <laughs> he swam around in it like a refreshing bath. <laughs> Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Let's look at the first. Uh, I'm trying to get to the sixth verse, so I guess I'll start at the first. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. This is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. I love that. I love it. You know... We have something to give people, don't we? As Christians. And Jesus, when he asked them at the foot of that mountain, he asked his disciples, how long will I be with you? He was frustrated because he knew his ministry was going to be short. His physical ministry here. And he was fixing to turn this thing over to these boys. (laughs) And they hadn't caught on yet. But he's asking the same of us, you know. Because now we're his mouthpiece. We're his hands and feet. We have the same power living on the inside of us that raised Christ from the dead. The same power and ability that caused him and gave him the ability to work every miracle he worked in his life. You know, he didn't get that until he was 30 years old. He was baptized in the Jordan River and then he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time. 
Otherwise, I mean, maybe I'm missing some of the miracles he did before that. If y'all find them, you let me know. Amen. The reason I know it is because he had to be a kinsman redeemer. He had to be like us in every way. Otherwise, it wouldn't have worked. This amazing spiritual, political, military strategy and plan that God had devised amongst himself, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that is, the determinate counsel of God, this great victory, it wouldn't have worked had Jesus not laid aside all of his godly privileges and rights and actually became just like one of us being born in a lowly manger a feeding trough but do you believe Luke chapter 12 since we're talking about the good doctor there's a little passage of scripture there Luke chapter 12 verse 27 through 32 that the Lord was showing me last night about 1 o'clock in the morning well it was Luke chapter 12 Okay. Tell me when y'all find it. <laughs> Say amen. Got it. All right. Verse 27, because I'm trying to get to verse 32. Uh, Consider the lilies, Jesus said. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God is yours. It's in you. You're in him, and he's in you. And everything he has is yours. Amen. But do you believe it? Believing God, abiding in Jesus, being thankful, true humility, the humility of the childlike faith, and agreeing quickly with God, no matter what, are things that must be premeditated. That's the key I'm giving you today. Just like I gave you the one about thankfulness and the one about humility. Today I'm talking about agreeing with God and doing it quickly. 
But listen, if you really think about the response Mary gave and how quick she did it, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of some of these people who did these great things. If you were Peter and John, would you just said, I don't have any cash on me today and went on to church? These aren't things you have have time to figure out on the spot. This is my point. I tell people almost every day, because I minister to you guys, I minister to other ministers, I don't know why God has allowed that, I guess to humble them. Because I don't think I have anything of myself. And I'm not, you know. But I minister to all kinds of friends and people. and uh, Way bigger than the church. You know what I mean? And I tell everyone. The moment you agree with God, things will change. Oh, I believe in God. No, I didn't ask you if you believed in God. So does the devil. And he trembles. Which brings up a good point. Do you fear God? Do you walk in the fear of the Lord? Do you have an an awe and respect and admiration and love for God? But when it comes to receiving and the keys to the kingdom of God, which you already have. It's like, it's like Miss Norma's beautiful car out there. Thank God. I want everybody to be blessed. Everybody in this church, you're already blessed. God has already spoken His blessing over you. Now reach out and claim it. We're standing. Amen. All the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. Learn how to turn that water source on. You're the sprinkler. Water the yard around you. When you walk in, be the brightest light bulb in that room. Amen. Amen. Let everybody that... I, I tell people, and sometimes in business and other things that I do, and, and, and they just like, oh, preach, you just bring us luck. I say, no. Blessed. I'm blessed. The favor of the Lord ain't fair, but it's mine. And you know what? If you're with me, and if you're involved, you're going to be blessed too. You know, I hear, I've heard a hundred times a story of a man who traveled from, by ship back in the days when, when the people were moving to this country from Europe all the time and, and, and uh, immigrants, you know. Uh, and this man had saved up all the money he could to buy passage on a ship that would bring him to America. And on the last day of the journey, the steward asked him, you know, because they had gotten kind of friendly and uh, he really liked the guy. And he said, how come you never come and eat at any of the meals? And he goes, well, I save all my money just enough for the ticket. 
I didn't have anything left over, so I stored some cheese and some crackers and things like that, and just to get what I knew would get me by until we got here. And he says, Oh, sir, the price of all the meals is included in the ticket. That's how Christians are. So many times. I think some of the tears the Lord will help us wipe away is because of the fact that we missed out on so much that He wanted for us and had for us. Don't fall short of your inheritance in this life. Eternity is going to be wonderful. But while we're here, receive the healing everywhere you hurt. The empowerment by the word and the promises of God and the Holy Spirit. The love of God and the prosperity of God for every area of your life. Emotional, physical, financial, relational. Every way He wants to bless you. And when you're walking in that power and that victory, you can offer that same help to others in need. Amen. Amen. God loves you. And He wants you to know that He, it's His good will, it's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. 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 Father, thank You for loving us so much and for sharing Your truth about the way You care for us, the way You love us, and the way You have provided through Jesus. Help us to take and Take these keys to the kingdom. Help us to walk around with big rattling keychains, Lord, that open up all of the areas and all the little boxes and treasures and gifts that you have for us. In your word, Lord, you said that when we come to you and pray to you and seek you with our whole hearts, you, you, you look forward to that and you're going to show us wonderful things that we didn't know. Help us to realize these truths, Lord, that you spoke through Jeremiah so long ago. Thank you for loving us so much. We love you back. In Jesus' name, amen.